Hey guys, welcome to the Love What You Do series. Another clubhouse favorite of mine. We literally send each other voice text and crack up, but we've never met. So I'm so excited to have Doran Wallach. She's a mama too. She also has an amazing podcast. It's called It's Not a Crisis. It basically dives into 30s and 40s, of the crazy fucked up shit that happens to all of us. And I cannot wait for her to share a little bit more. Hi, Doran. I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, Julia. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that I have a new friend in you. <laughs> well, so we do. We make each other laugh, which I love. And we're going to hang out all summer, too. A hundred percent. Okay. So, um, yeah, we, we definitely have the same humor. Okay. So I, in light of that, I felt it was important to have both a quote that related to kind of what I'm talking about in my podcast and because I feel like we just laugh a lot. So my quote is, too old for Snapchat, too young for life alert. <laughs> that, is, that is a good one. <laughs> right. So, okay. So mine kind of fits in with our newfound friendship. So if you have crazy friends, you have everything. So true. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay, Doran, so I want you to take us through because you've done a lot of awesome stuff. But from what you have told me, you always have been following your passion. So I kind of want you to tell my listeners what gives you that motivation to do that. So if you can give us a little bit of your story, that would be awesome. Sure. I think I grew up with really supportive parents. They they always told me to do what makes me happy. And I think that that was pretty amazing, given that we grew up in a generation where our parents were sort of directing us to be certain things that they wanted us to be. I was always very artistic, and they really supported that side of it. So I think because of that, it really made me feel like, you know, if there was something I wanted to do, I was going to do it. I was always very driven, very entrepreneurial. Part of that is I had a brother who was seven years older and a complete chauvinist who would say to me that you don't have to do anything. You just have to, you know, just find a nice husband and you'll be fine. Like, don't you don't need to work out. Oh, you got a good grade. It doesn't matter. I mean, and this is what I grew up with. And, and I feel I've been trying to prove myself uh, against what he said my whole life. That's kind of where my passions come. And I'm just a passionate person. I, I'm a creative and we're all pretty passionate and that that helps. Right when we met in, I think it was a podcast club room. And I don't know if I was moderating or we both were on stage. I don't remember what exactly it was, but I remember you spoke and I was like, ooh, I like her. I want I want to I want to talk to her. And right away, we were in each other's DM boxes like, right. OK, tell me about yourself. What are you doing? And then the conversations that we have about peeing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We could we're going to have a whole podcast on peeing. Meanwhile, I was like drinking water today thinking like, oh, God, I have this podcast with Juliet. I better not drink too much water because I'm going to have to get up. I did the same thing. I ran and went to the bathroom. Oh, my God. That's so funny. OK, so tell us where you started and then your kind of your journey. So you went to college. You take us through that a little bit. It's a little long. I'll make it short. I started at Syracuse University studying. I wanted to study fashion design and graphic design randomly. Uh, and they had a great program. I hated it. I transferred to FIT in New York City. I changed my major to interior design, interior architecture. And then I graduated with a degree in that. I worked in high-end residential 
interior design for a few years until I decided that I wanted to go back to school and do something totally different. So it's it's kind of interesting because I love interviewing people and I love talking to people. And so I was like, how can I do that? So in at that point in my life, I thought social work was the way to do that. So I went back to school, got a degree in human services and sociology, um, started my master's in social work. And while I did well at it, I had also started a small business, an online retail store. This is back in 2002, I think. And I realized that while I loved interviewing people, I didn't need to do it in a, a psychological capacity. Right. <laughs> so right. I like more wanted to be Oprah. I didn't want to do that. So right. I left grad school. But I had some actually amazing experiences when I was in grad school doing counseling and stuff. And then I I did a little bit more interior design work. I worked very briefly behind the scenes on Extreme Makeover Home Edition, for those of you that remember that show. Yes, I, I did. I was an assistant design producer. It was only a few episodes, but it was so much fun. I loved it. And then um, my husband and I moved to London for two years. And while I was there... I didn't have a work visa and decided that I was going to do something because I couldn't just like go to classes and museums all day long, which is what you do basically when you're an expat wife there and you don't have a job. So I started a blog and podcast, and this is in 2006. Which is like before, I mean. No one knew what podcasts were. I mean, it was very, very new. And I had. Especially over there. Yeah. In the UK. Yeah. I mean, I was mostly out of, but I mean, all the top, top bloggers and influencers now were all my buddies. Like, had I continued doing what I was doing, I think I would have been big, but I didn't want to. It's so funny. When I stopped doing the blog, I was like, I don't want my life to be exposed to everyone all the time, which is such a joke because that's all we do now. Right. right. So I, I should have just stuck to it. But um, we I got pregnant and decided to move back to the States. And then I was a stay at home mom for a while. And then when I came out of that, I was going to go back into interior design. I had done a renovation on our home and uh, was kind of using that as a portfolio at the time because I hadn't worked. And I, I really said to my husband, I, I don't love this. I never loved it. And a lot of people said, but you're good at it. And so I would keep doing it. But I really just didn't find it creative enough. And you know what's so interesting that you said that? Because there is such a difference about being really good at something, but not loving it. Right. But if you're passionate about something, you're going to get to that next step, right? Because sometimes passion outweighs talent. Definitely. And it took me and and I will get to that point, but it took me a while to realize that. So I I would I was always searching for, well, what are you passionate about? And it actually upset me because I'd say to my husband, I don't have any hobbies or passions. Like, I don't really know what it is. And so so my mother, grandmother and great grandmother were very out there style wise, personality wise. I never knew them. They died before I was born. Not my mother, my grandmother and great grandmother. But they had never loved what was in stores and they designed their own clothes. They designed their own jewelry, their hats, their everything. And so my mom always was redesigning jewelry and she would take me with her to New York and we would go to the jewelry district and she would take apart old pieces of jewelry and put them together. And I learned a lot at a very young age, a way too young of age. I learned about diamonds, but I never thought. And I mean, I'm, I'm not even going into all the other millions of things I've actually done. I've done a lot of things, but and jewelry was one thing I never thought of doing. So after when I was in this position. I had moved back to the city. We lived in the suburbs briefly. I renovated our home. And then Hurricane Sandy came about four weeks after I renovated our home for two years and dumped five feet of water in our house and destroyed it. 
And so we lost pretty much everything and we had to move out for a year and rip everything out and start over again. I'm sorry. That's yeah. so hard. We had, we had a pipe burst. I can't even, I don't even remember what year it was, but it was a hot water pipe. Yeah. And we had a, a neighbor just like, we were like, can you just check on the house? And he called me, we were in Connecticut and he was like, oh, he couldn't even speak. And I was like, Don, what is going on? He's like, there's water spraying everywhere. My husband literally got in the car, flew out here to, to the beach, stayed in the house. I was so worried he was going to freeze to death because I was like, honey, we don't even know what we're doing. It was so insane. So I, I feel you. It's so, before I got here, he said, he's like, just prepare yourself. And I'm not really someone that's into materialistic things but I have because this was our first house I had a lot of sentimental things like <laughs> down to like a baby tooth you know like yeah those are no kind of I did too I lost all that stuff yeah I had the baby the first haircut I lost my the baby books there are a lot worse things in life but it but it was it was pretty devastating and upsetting and the next step was to renovate the house back to what it was, but we decided to go a little bit farther into the design because we felt that we wanted to do more because we could. It was a horribly stressful experience. We had to find somewhere to live, blah, blah, blah. I, I just looked at my husband at that point and I was like, I don't want to do this ever again. I do not want to renovate again. I don't want to renovate other people's homes. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. And it was a birthday of mine and I had a wedding band uh, that it was just an eternity band and I never wore it. And I asked him if I could take the stones and redesign it into something I would wear every day, something a little bit more edgy. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. I designed it. And the jeweler that made it for me, he said, Dorn, have you ever thought about going into jewelry? And I said, no, actually, it's one thing I haven't thought about at all. And he said, I really think you should do it. So um, yeah, so that's so that's how that began, which is now seven years ago. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. What was the first podcast? What was that called? And what was that about? And then so that was in 2006, right? Your blog. So my blog was called Doran's Dish. And it was literally about my recommendations. So it was it was nothing different than anyone is doing today. But I was one of those people where my friends were constantly asking me for resources on everything. So I decided I'm going to put it up on a website. And then at the time, someone said you should make a blog. And I was like, what's a blog? And I, I taught myself how to make a blog. It ended up being so big that I was invited to hotels and spas to try on unique treatments and to, I don't know, I was so many different things. I was sent items and, you know, I was really an influencer which is which is so funny. But right. I also love that like that was in your moment and then you had children and you decided, you know what, I'm going to take a break from that and I'm going to raise my family because that's what this series really is about. And this is what I want women out there to know. You don't have to do it all. You could do it in spurts. We have a long life. Like don't feel like you have to cram it all in. Like and I love that you did that. You so you had something big and you were like, you know what, I'm going to take a step back, raise my family. And then you went into a different direction because it was something that sparked your interest. And that's like, you didn't sit on it, right? You weren't like, eh, no, I don't know. I don't, who am I to be doing jewelry? I've never done it. You took a chance. So then you started, so then you had your kids, then you started the jewelry. So take us from there and then where you are today with your new podcast. And then I just want to follow up on what you just said. I think, and I talk about this a lot in my podcast, a lot of women our age have a lot of guilt about whether they're working or not working. And we have this pressure because our generation was told that we're supposed to do everything. And, and, and it's not, 
feasible. We can't do everything. And so I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out because I wish we, we just need to say it more to each other as women because women are so hard on each other. And really, yeah, people really do expect like, and I feel like it's gotten a little bit better, but it is like, oh, I'm like, you have women that are bragging, doing all these things. And I'm like, oh, that sounds so exhausting. <laughs> well, people say to me all the time, friends of mine are like, how do you do it all? And I was like, uh, I drink a lot of wine. I yell at my kids. I don't sleep well. I'm anxious all the time. Do you want me to go on? <laughs> you know, I'm overwhelmed most of the time, but I love it. So, you know, it's like, mm, I don't know. You know, you got to give up some things. <laughs> Um, Okay, so I found a mentor. I designed my first sample collection. My mentor, unfortunately, this is really crazy. So my first mentor, about two years into working with her very frequently, died of a heart attack at 51. Oh. And um, my other mentor, who was my first sample maker, my first jeweler, died last week of COVID. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so, so crazy. Two hugely important people to me in this business. I'm going to go back to that because... There's something related to that. And I think your your listeners will find it interesting. But created my first collection, did very well in the beginning. I, I got a decent amount of press. I won a couple of awards. I, I made it into some big retailers. And I really, really loved it. I loved, loved, loved it. I had so much passion for what I was doing. As I got closer to it, it literally last year, probably last winter, I started to get a little bit annoyed with the... So the retail and jewelry has been very difficult. And now it's even more so. A lot of retailers want you to consign your jewelry, which to me really bothered me because I felt like, where else do we just give free stuff to sit in a space to make your store look nicer? You know, it just bothered me. And and frankly, it was very hard for me to sell jewelry. I'm like, oh, if you don't want it, it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, so you're the creator, right? I'm, you, the, cre- you I'm the artist. I can't like, it's very hard for me to do that. So that was the part of the business that really bothered me. Um, And I said to my husband, and this is probably January, I was like, I need to do something different in this business. I almost wanted to reinvent the business somehow because that's how my mind works. And he said, well, what makes you happy? And I said, I love creating unique pieces and doing custom work. And he says, so why can't you just do that? And I said, yeah, I could, but I have all this inventory. I'm not sure what to do with it. I went right into this mode of, you know what? I'm not feeling passionate about this anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't want to let down my clients. I don't want to let down the industry, the the press, the editors. I don't know what to do. And I was in my mind going back to a place of where I was happiest. Well, what did I do in the past that I loved? And I loved podcasting. I actually, I didn't mention this. When I lived in Connecticut, my daughter was a newborn. I had a brokered radio show in Greenwich. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I I loved doing it. So I was like, what made me happy? I loved podcasting. And then, of course, in my head, I'm like, everyone has a podcast, but whatever. I'm just going to do this as a passion project. And at the same time, I was recognizing that so many of my friends were going through this crazy transition of life that no one was talking to each other and no one was talking to us. We were, you know, our parents were getting older. Our kids were getting older. We were like, what do we want to do with our lives now that our kids are getting older? You know, just just our bodies were changing and all these different things. And, it, it, and (laughs) you know, it made me I was like, you know what? I want to know more, too, because I'm I'm feeling all of these things. So I decided that that's what the podcast was going to be about. And the pandemic happened probably a week. The lockdown happened a week after I recorded my first episode. 
Wow. And then I was fully paralyzed. I'm not sure about you, but, but my brain was paralyzed for, for a solid two months. I couldn't create. I couldn't do business. I, I was so anxious. I just couldn't do anything. In the beginning, the first two months, I was in heaven because my husband was traveling so much and everyone was under the same roof and I could just take a pause. And I was like, oh, yeah, I loved it. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. Now I'm getting a little like I'm antsy. Like what's happening? You and want your husband to go away again? <laughs> I, I have to say, it's so funny. He probably is. I could live on his back. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. He, however, <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, I have to get out a little bit. So he's more of like, he needs his space. I don't, I can live like my dogs can be on me. My kids can be on me, but that's just the type of person I am. We're the opposite. I need like, I need alone time. And I, I, I honestly can't even tell you the last time I actually said last night to everybody. I was like, I give up. I'm not mom anymore. I can't do this. I'm like, I need alone time. I never have alone time. I wake up early and I take the dogs I, for a while. You do. See, that's your morning person. I like, I roll out at like eight. <laughs> so. Right, right. No, I hear you. So I, but I totally understand like where you were with that. It was like, oh my gosh, like, yes. Right. And, and I felt the same thing as you. I really, it really made me pause and say, God, you are in overdrive. I worked till six. I went, I ran to my office in Manhattan and I lived in the city and I went to my office. I was there until 630 at night. I sometimes would pick my son up at after school, rush home, walk in the door, make dinner, open boxes, do whatever that, you know, it was, it was like that every day. So when the pandemic happened, I was like, you have to slow down. This is not the way you want to live. So that was really eye opening in a, in a beautiful way. And I think really important for a lot of people to have that wake up call. So I did my first recording. And then about two months into it, I started to get like kind of the itch and learned how to record from home because I was in a studio in the city at the time. And that's really when it's not a crisis was born. And I worked on the social media a lot. And I love this so much. Honestly, I love it more than anything I've ever done. The funny thing is people are like, okay, well, where are you going with it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I love helping women. I love getting these emails from women saying, thank you for, for making me be seen. You're talking about some good stuff. Like, so, I mean, you're talking about exactly what you just said. Like we are all, and it's not talked about, right? It's not talked about how your bladder starts coming out of your vagina a little bit. Like, right. Right? it's good. Like, it's kind of upcoming like upcoming topic on my show as <laughs> thanks Juliet. Right, but I mean it's true, right? Or people like having to pee themselves. Like people don't uh, you and I are a little rare. We we find the humor in it, right? We we're like ha 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 I, I peed in my neighbor's By the way, yard. your like, listeners have no idea what we like this conversation <laughs> happened prior to this podcast, but we both pee a lot. <laughs> and and in random places. And in random places. I I can't tell you. Someone's like, "Oh, the bathroom's dirty. I hope you don't mind." I'm like, "Are you kidding me if I told you where I've peed?" You would just like, yeah, it doesn't even taste totally. me. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of your favorite topics that have like really made you feel like, ah, oh, I know I'm helping the women that need to hear this. Yeah. Like, what, what have been some of your favorites? One of my favorites was um, an episode I did on grief. And it wasn't just grief of somebody dying. It was grief of your past, even your present or something that just happens in your life and and how to deal with it and, and that it's okay to feel sadness. I mean, I, I felt like one of the top, one of the things we brought up is you know, women who tried to have babies forever and had infertility issues and then they got pregnant and maybe didn't love having a baby so much, but grieved the life they had before, but couldn't actually speak about that. But we went into so many different examples and that, that was just a wonderful show. My second favorite probably are my wise women over 50 interviews because I was lucky enough. Well, everyone tells me my mom's interview is their favorite because my mom is wonderful, but wacky. 
Um, and then I interviewed Vanessa Williams and Annie Potts, which was like a huge honor. And, you know, they, they really I learned so much from those episodes. It, they were speaking to us at our age, having learned what they've learned. And then I think my other episode that really spoke to a lot of women was I, I, I spoke with Dr. Lee Cohen, who's the head of women's mental health at MGH in Boston, Mass General Hospital. And he focuses a lot on perimenopause, menopause. He just made women feel seen and not crazy. So there are a lot of women suffering with PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder and perimenopause. And a lot of women who didn't even know it existed. You actually said to me, what is that? It's, it's a very very severe form of PMS that can cause not only pain and discomfort, but also serious mental health problems with anxiety and depression. And it happens prior to your period and during ovulation. And really, you don't get that many days a month where you feel normal. There are so many doctors that just don't know anything about it. And you go to a doctor, I can't tell you how many I went to that looked at me like, sorry, you know, take the pill or do this or take an antidepressant. I don't know what to tell you. Dr. Cohen is and one of few men I've ever had on my podcast, but really sees women and anything I've ever said to him. He's like, uh-huh. Yeah, this isn't new to me. I mean, yes, like this all makes sense. So he was wonderful. And then my last just this week, I recorded with Ada Calhoun, who wrote a book called Why Women Can't Sleep. It's all about Gen X and our midlife crisis. So interesting. So interesting. We covered a ton of topics, and I keep getting messages from women that are like, I felt so seen in this. I didn't even realize how much of this related to who I was. It's such a great book. You have to get it. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. So, yeah, I think those are those are my favorites. I love that. So tell everyone where they can find you and like where your handles are, where they can find you on social media, what your podcast is called, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So the podcast is It's Not a Crisis, and you can find it on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. My website is itsnotacrisis.com. I'd encourage you to sign up for the mailing list on there because we release what's coming up in the next show. Also, a bunch of other little things on there and, and information, show notes. I've I've been doing transcripts for the shows, too. So if you feel like you're sitting there taking notes, you can just go to the website and get the transcripts. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. My Instagram is It's Not a Crisis Podcast. We have a lot of fun on there. There are a lot of throwbacks to the 80s. There's a lot of humor. If you're a sensitive person, I suggest you don't follow. <laughs> I got an email the other day from someone who was like, I don't even I don't even know. I was a message. She was she was like very serious about some a joke that I had posted. And I was like, delete, delete. And I actually wrote her back and said, listen, this is all a joke. It's fun. Like, there's so much seriousness in the world. We're having fun. If you don't want to follow me, I understand. But like, if you're going to be my friend and listener, you need to have a sense of humor. So I will say to people, like, if someone's like, oh, I'm going to share this with X, Y, and Z, I'm like, just make sure you let them know that I do say fuck. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because <laughs> some people are like, oh, oh I, okay. I don't, I didn't realize that was going to happen. You know, I mean, it's my favorite word. <laughs> totally. By the way, never swore in front of my kids in 13 years until the pandemic. Never. Not once. Let it out. And, and Ty's like, I don't even know how you do that. And they're like, Mommy, you swear a lot. I was like, I've always sworn a lot. I was like, I just... I decided to say, fuck it, <laughs> let it out. So I love that you just said that because there's so many things that you've said that I'm like, oh my God, I'm the same way. So <laughs> I have always had a trash mouth, always. Yeah. but I've always been really good with kids. I used to babysit and I can turn it off and turn it on. I did not curse in front of my kids for, I can't even tell you how long I used to work for a British company and they were like, what do you, there's no way you don't curse. And I was like, no, I, it, and it's not hard for me. I just, when I'm around children, I don't curse. Right. And then my kids got to a certain age 
And I totally curse now. And, and you're like, you little fuckers. <laughs> right. My kids, my kids, I call them the little S's and they're like, mommy, I know what that means now. I know all those years you were calling us little S's. I was like, what do you mean? Oh. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, now my 15 year old also has a bit of a trucker mouth and like some people are like, you know, oh, no, my kids won't. I won't allow them to curse. I use my language as an expression and I'm OK with it. He cannot tell me to fuck off. But right. if he's like, what the fuck? Or, you know, has something like an expression and that's the word he chooses. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I tell him, I'm like, don't curse in front of Grammy. She doesn't love it. It took me a long time to be able to curse in front of Grammy. Oh, my God. My mother would be mortified that I even just said what I said on here. She would kill me. <laughs> right, she would right. kill me. And right. and my kids, I'm still in the you can't curse stage. And they're like, why? You do. And I'm like, OK. Right. In a few years, I'll let you do it more. <laughs> well, so my daughter, every once in a while, I'll be like, mom, because she's 11. So she's not allowed to curse. And my 13 year old is just like every once in a while, a word will get in. My 15 year old, he does. And as I said, he doesn't curse at us because then he would be in trouble because we're very like, you know, you don't disrespect us. Like I don't curse at you. I don't call you names. But like if you're, you know, drop something or you're really pissed about something, it's OK. But so my 11 year old, every once in a while, she'll be like, mom can I curse? Cause I, I'm feeling really like frustrated or this happened at school and I just want to use an, an expressive word. And I'm like, Oh my God, again, my mom would die that I'm like, okay, say it once. That's it. You're only allowed to say it once. Um, <laughs> I love it, it is. I mean, it is one of those things that yes, it is. Uh, we, if someone does not enjoy cursing or gets offended by it, I'm like, yeah, my podcast not, might not be for you. And that's okay. Find one that right. resonates with you. Just as long as you're bettering yourself, you're finding the laughter in every day. That is something that's so important. And you're a good person, right? Exactly. Exactly. Those, the, those are the words that I live by too. So I cannot wait to hang out in person. I and know. I'm usually out there by April. So I, well, this year may be a little different, but, but I'm there like through September, October. So. Okay. We'll, well perfect. Well, we will definitely be <laughs> peeing on people's lawns together. <laughs> So, I live by the beach so we can pee on the beach too. Yes. So everyone, so everyone watch out. We could do like a little, we could do like a little episode, right? We could just sit on our beach chairs with a bottle of wine and not move. Totally, so I have done, I have actually done um, where I've worn depends in jump roping competitions. Like, oh my God. I've worn depends on planes with uh, no bathrooms. That makes sense. Sometimes you have to, right? You have to. Um, it's so funny, right? Then we could we could, we could share more about our crazy yeah. stories. So, Doran, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time and sharing your journey and telling us about it's not a crisis podcast. Uh, you guys go check it out. Go listen, subscribe, rate, and review both of our podcasts. The more yes, women please. that we can help the better. And that's what our goal is. You guys, you have to find passion and find something and don't just sit in where you are. Find something to do, find something that you love and get out there and do it. So again, rate, review, share our podcasts, and uh, we will see you next week with another woman with Love What You Do series. Thanks again, Duran. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 